So hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats, uh, Kudun's Fireside Chats. And the idea just to, for those that haven't seen us before, is to have conversations that we normally have in the office and kind of share a little bit of what, you know, we discuss and and some opinions on on different topics and today we're going to be uh talking about retrospectives and in particular we're going to be talking about retrospectives and why they don't work uh and i know this is going to be very um uh, polemic so uh, let me get the ball rolling now with uh why i think a lot of times retrospectives don't work and for me it's a combination of factors uh, one of them is well, a lot of them are related to people suck at it no? and they don't really do them properly. Therefore, they don't get the results uh, or, or the benefits. Uh, but there's a lot of other uh, areas around that, you know, like how they affect the culture if, if it's not done properly or people not following through and that kind of stuff. So... <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Saved by the bell. <laughs> One second. <laughs> We're going to take that part out, I guess we can. You're on mute. Yeah, we will take that out. Uh, but I don't want to hit the end broadcast because uh, yeah, that's otherwise cool. I need to create a new one and stuff. So keep it rolling. I'm just trying to, to remind me the things that I didn't like about some of our writers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was the bet uh, to ask when was the last time we gave her uh, certain medicine, uh, the cat. Yeah. Um, so hello and welcome to a second episode of Kajun's Fireside Chats. Uh, and the original idea of this was to have conversations that we normally would have at the office, and but in a space where we, we can share a little bit about uh, how we think about some of the things that we that we think when we do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, and today the topic is going to be retrospectives. And in particular, I, I feel like a lot of times retrospectives don't work. And uh, I know this is going to be a bit polemic, but uh, there are several factors that contribute to that. And yeah, I think it would be interesting to to have a little chat around, you know, what makes a good retrospective, what doesn't, and, and a lot of the factors why they don't work. And if you have some of those, maybe you may want to change a little bit things, you know, the, the way that you're doing them and so on. And um, to get the ball rolling, um, I, I feel like a lot of the times retrospectives don't work because yes, people suck at them uh, and they suck around preparation. They suck about creating the, the space needed for, you know, to, to have them. Uh, and a lot of things related to the the actual delivery of, of something like that, but there's a lot more. Now there, there's an aspect, a cultural aspect to it. I think there's also um, a, a matter of following through because a lot of the times people feel like retrospectives will solve the issue and actually you think about the issue in the retrospective, but not necessarily solve it there. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like there are more people doing retrospective wrong then they're actually you know people getting the benefits from them so so what do you think i i've got a, a question first of all if we think retrospectives don't work what what does it mean for them to work right <laughs> so like what are we what's the purpose of a retrospective is my question mm -hmm. uh, well, let's, so, yeah i think that is almost like a an artificial constraint, not constraint, constraint is not the right word. It's almost like, you know when you have Scrum and you have like the artificial boundaries of a sprint? They're not business boundaries, like they are artificial boundaries that we create so that we, we do a sync up point regularly. So every two weeks or one week or whatever, we do certain things. So it, we create that, that cadence 
to 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 do to formalize have feedback loops. No, the, exactly. the, the, a feedback loop. Yeah. yeah. And for me, like, if you think about, uh, uh, because normally a retrospective is done at the end of a, a, a sprint, or, or if you don't have the boundaries, you still have a cadence. It's almost like a reminder for, for the team to discuss certain things. It's like we're going to separate some formal time where we do an introspection. Right, that that's how I see retrospection. But if it, this is a always a good thing or a bad thing, I I question that. Yeah, I I well, it's a I the idea is to look behind you and see you know what went well, right, and what didn't go well, and try to enforce the things that are working, and uh, course correct where things are not working. Yeah. So the cadence, I guess that's one. My, my question was a bit facetious because I guess from a, you know, scrum materials and other uh, primarily, I think, uh, you know, it, it comes out of scrum. I don't know. I don't know actually where retrospectives. I know it's definitely part of scrum, but I don't know if it's part of uh, any other methodology or in any way uh, formalized uh, as a retrospective. But uh, my, my point is that it's, it's meant to kind of provide you with a checkpoint where you can look back and see where you need to course correct, right? But is that the only reason that you would have a retrospective? Uh, a reflection can achieve many things. Sometimes it's just a bit cathartic, right? So it, if we are doing a retrospective as, a, as an exercise in, you know, kind of making ourselves feel a bit better because often it turns into a bit for, you know, complaining. No? Yeah, a venting <laughs> thing, right? Now, a lot of the times people say, well, it must not be, you, you should not do that. You should not just use it for venting, right? Or not use it at all for venting. And I'm just asking the question. I don't really know the answer. This so, is, is that such a bad thing? No, no, no. I mean, it's... so the, it. it don't get me wrong. So the the idea of you know retrospectives don't work is it's polemic, no, and is inciting debate. Uh, I can hear people screaming like, "What are you saying?" <laughs> That's like or, the, like the only phrase. If you can do anything, saying, do that. No, somebody's saying exactly <laughs> exactly. I know you're... it doesn't work. I just have to go into that damn two-hour meeting, and <laughs> and I don't want to go in there. So please tell them to stop. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, so you you're right. From my perspective, it's it's all about what the purpose is, no? And uh, and I feel like within all the cargo cults, that has been lost, right? That that whole idea of that feedback loop or the the possibility to reflect and finish the learning. Because for me, that feedback loop is a, is a learning. Uh, cycle, no, where you kind of examine from acting, no, what, what happened, and then based on that, draw, draw conclusions and act again, and you know, like you, you're adapting, no, as you were saying, and that gets lost, and it gets lost in you know the games that we use internally, no, or, or while we're facilitating and making it, you know, something fun and so on, and it gets lost in. Uh, in in actually focusing on the things that will help improve, yeah, and a lot of the times I also feel like there is this a uh, let's call this fatigue, no, of of doing retrospectives because you have this cadence and because you have this you know forced kind of uh, period where you're doing it uh, that can also you know bring that down. And one last thing is a lot of times I've found teams where, you know, they do retrospectives and it seems like they're going through the motions, uh, but they're not really like improving or they don't have something uh, that they're focusing on, right? As in, you know, if, if, if production went down, right? Let's fix it, and then you know we'll do a retrospective to see you know what happened and and how to avoid it and that kind of stuff, right? But when you're already performing at a certain level, where you know where you don't have those 
you know, events, critical events that are happening that you have to react to, right? Um, I feel like a lot of teams don't know how to draw value from from retrospectives overall, right? right? I'm going to tell you, I find it a pain in the ass you're going through retrospectives, right? <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you why. And that's what I was saying about uh, an artificial constraint. So when you have, I think that this is a tool that can be very valuable tool in certain situations. What kind of situations? When the team is a very new team or you are interacting with people that you don't have a very good relationship yet. The team is not well gelled yet. So not everyone feels comfortable to say things when something wrong happens or when they are not happy. But let's say, let's put a different example. A team that works very well together a team that is uh, very used to each other. So why do they need a, 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 a cadence for discussing things that they should discuss when things happen? So, for example, if the process is not going well, at some point someone will have a problem and say, look, guys, I, I have a feeling that we are not working very well together. There are, I feel that there is a lot of inefficiencies, and I want to discuss this very specific topic, and this is what, uh, annoys me sometimes in the, the, the retrospectives is that we most of the formats are not suitable for the kind of relationship that people have within the project. If you have a very a team that works very well together, they normally build a sense of trust that they can address problems as they happen. And they don't need that artificial boundary to say like, okay, every two weeks we're going to sit down and say like, what's going well? what's not going so well or what we should do is start doing or stop doing it and what should and that's why people disengage because people are forced to throw things that they might not really oh as you are asking i'm gonna put some ideas in here of what could be improved but it's not something that they really feel that they should address because if they felt that they should address that they don't need to wait for a retrospective and so for me i see that as a as a tool for teams that are still trying to get there and, and you create a, a, a space a more uh, where everyone can have a voice. But, but for teams that are very uh, used to each other, I find it just a pain, basically, because we end up not discussing what we should really discuss. It's, it's very interesting. I, I would agree with it and also disagree with it. Excellent. That's why we are here for it. <laughs> So, so one thing is, yeah, um, it's a it's a pain. Uh, you know, there is a cadence. You go in there. There is a kind of a formulaic thing. By the way, we'll come back to this whole idea of focusing on fun because I think you contradicted yourself in 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 there. But I'll 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 come back to that. But the I would not I associate retrospectives with fun at all. But yeah, but there there is the, so uh, the agreement is for sure i think you know the, the the problem that you raise when you go into a retrospective and then suddenly you have to come up with things and you just say whatever comes to your mind at that time right uh, and you should be able to just bring it out as soon as you think that there's a problem or as soon as that an issue occurs or something is wrong that you may want to g gather the team to fix it. It's like, you know, in the lean terminology, there's that kind of pulling the cord thing, right? You know, you pull the cord immediately and you fix it before you move on, right? So there is definitely an argument for, for what you said, Sandro. Uh, but I think there are other things where actually pulling the cord is just going to disrupt things. So things are moving in a particular uh, momentum and you... I think you, you think, okay, it's okay. We need to get this thing done. Let's get this thing done. And we need, we will come back to try to, to fix that. So having a, a, a regular period where actually it's almost like a placeholder for bringing things that came to your mind. It's like, you know, like we're taking notes, for example, you know, something came to my mind, but I don't want to interrupt you. I write it down. And the same thing, exactly, right? The same thing is uh, with with a cadence of uh, a meeting or a space where actually you are gathering things that have come to your mind, but you think are not, you're not going to be fixing them there. 
but there will come a time where you know that you can raise that and then the whole team is uh, not distracted with other things there and they because it's a regular meeting they're not in a way uh, annoyed by it because you've just told everyone to stop and and so they come together and they are in a good mindset now that's the theory i'd say right so i think there is a place for both of those things it's not one or the other i guess the the point here is that learning uh, cycle or, or feedback loop can happen at any point no it doesn't necessarily need to to happen in you know uh, at the end of a sprint or or whatever but it is important that we one have the space to do it because a lot of times officially if there's pressure or or whatever like people will focus on you know getting stuff done yeah, and then later on right so the so that part uh is is there but there's also the you know when is it the right time to bring these things up and not impede the flow of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve during the daily you know work no that's that's more or less the the idea you know but mm -hmm. as uh, in theory that's how it should happen right but that's not what i see a lot of the time no well, what i see a lot of the time again is is the cargo cult is the dedicated space but no reflection happening on it and no follow-through happening afterwards yeah and uh and a lot of the time before you were saying that I was, uh, I contradicted myself with the fun or the, I, I don't yeah, exactly know said, how, how that happened. There is the fun, focus on the fun, but there's a bunch of things you said. Um, the going through the motion, fatigue, and focus on the fun. And people who mm -hmm. are uh, experienced at running retrospective would argue that with the focus on the fun, that's exactly what they're trying to, to actually remove is to get the mindset towards a positive kind of improvement slant and to remove the fatigue because after a lot of yeah. hard work you you that, that I agree with that. that that I agree with and in is not that having fun in a retrospective is wrong that's not what I uh, what I was trying to say is when the cool exercise or or the you know the the theatrics no uh, become the 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 main and the at the end <laughs> no in itself and that is you see that a lot of the time right like as a scrum master or whoever you know agile coach whatever a lot of times there's a lot of focus on on that aspect when you're not doing it right so it, it doesn't about really facilitator rather than it, the team it becomes sometimes. about the the yeah it's like <laughs> the people like enjoy my retrospective and so on and sometimes yeah. it's not about enjoyment you know if we have difficult things to talk about let's just talk about those things and right and this brings me to another uh, aspect of that which is uh before Sandra, you were saying you know people can express their opinions and so on that's also no what i see a lot of the time right like what i see a lot of the times is people not saying what they're thinking and not having the the foundational aspect of that right uh things like uh, you know like that safe space where people can be vulnerable you can actually talk about you know what went wrong and without blaming that that kind of space is not there right so then it just becomes you know oh yeah everything's okay. oh all, all good like yeah and and you go out and but, but, but this, happens, this is precisely right? what I was saying. But this is precisely what I was saying. Because, like, we need to understand the context. If it's a new team and whoever is managing that team uh, or is outside, like a, a scrum master, an agile coach, or a, a, I don't know. Uh, so they realize that the team doesn't have a good dynamics among themselves. And they realize that things are not going so well. Then creating that space where they facilitate that conversation so things might emerge is a good thing to do. If it's going to happen, I, I, I have my question because like if people are not uh, saying that things, because the, for me, the root cause is you not being addressed. And, and that doesn't mean that just because they're going to have a, a retrospective and putting post-its of what went well, what went badly or whatever change, people will start magically start uh, feeling comfortable to, to say what they should have said way beforehand. So, 
this is this is a problem that that uh, I have that I don't think that they address the root cause. If the problem is lack of trust, that, hmm. again, which, being very which specific, is a very common very common right? uh, issue, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So so, and lack of trust is not like normally one person against the team. Is normally they are one person with the other, right? So that they are not like I don't feel comfortable to say anything about in front of the whole team. They might have a few other issues with a few people. So I don't think a retrospective addressed that. And they became very, they become very robotic. They don't achieve what they were supposed to achieve most of the time if the problem is trust. Uh, so I, I think the problem is a bit deeper. Well, actually, uh, not always trust. The problem is a bit... Uh, the problem is related to a culture of candor, right? You may, you may trust each other a lot, but actually in culturally within the team and within society where the team kind of exists in that context, saying something directly, something bad directly to the, to the other person is, or something that may, you know, may put the other person in some somewhat of a back foot. You don't want to say it because I mean, and a British culture culture is a terrific example of that. Right. So it's not just, it's not that you don't trust the person. It's just that culturally this thing is not said. And I think, there is a lot uh, to be said about candor. And candor is a skill, you know, being able to be frank without um, either uh, feeling unsafe yourself that someone might take offense or someone actually taking offense. That culture of candor is, is a basic uh, skill that the team needs to have. Uh, if that doesn't exist, this retrospective may be a problem. But actually, it's not the retrospective that's the problem. It's something deeper that's the problem. If retrospectives are not working in that regard, I mean, um, ignoring the, you know, going through motions and being bored and it not being facilitated well and all those things are separate. But the cult the trust thing where that stops people from saying what they really want to say is actually a skill. And I think we, we you know, we just automatically assume that people have that skill and so they, they will come out with it in the retrospective and it doesn't happen. I, I would also add to that that if you don't have that base, yeah, that uh, safe space where people can talk things through and so on, it's going to be very hard to get to build it doing that, doing retrospectives, you know, one hour every, you know, X amount of time or two hours every two weeks, right? Because that trust and that space needs to be there throughout the, the, the all the time basically for the yeah. team to be able to perform right mm -hmm. and and this is another mistake that i see people doing now like sometimes i, I find people you know let, let's do a um a safety check now like the temperature check you know how well do you feel you know speaking to a and and then you know a lot of ones to come in but oh look oh yeah well it's anonymous you know like let's move forward no <laughs> don't move forward because it, what that is telling you is whatever you do after this is not gonna, well, is gonna but the safety gonna check but the safety check in itself has the same it's... problem because people are not like if if you think oh you know what like how am i feeling i don't want to be here but you know i'm not gonna say that to but people. i'm not gonna say that <laughs> usually people are gonna see me you so know do you, do you feel safe to say or whatever, you, right? yeah do you feel safe to give your opinion yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so I feel, yeah, that's that's a, a baseline, right? And that is something that needs to be worked on throughout. There, I actually think that is something that, in order to build it, you need to be working constantly on it uh, in other spaces, in in other interactions within the team, right? So, from that perspective, that's immediately not going to work. Right, um, yeah. So you you want to say no, something? No, no. I would say that there are because like uh, trust. We we know that this is one of the the issues. Uh, so if people don't feel comfortable in expressing their opinions in front of the rest of the team, the retrospective will not be that valuable, right? So that is one aspect. But I think that there are also other aspects as well, and that's more about related to going through the motions. So let's assume. And I know there's a big assumption that people are we not. 
Yeah, yeah. People are not worried about sharing their views, right? Let's say, uh, for example, the, the, the three of us, right? So we are a team, yeah? Why don't we feel the need to have a retrospective every two weeks? So even the agile coaches themselves, why don't they, they don't feel the need to have a retrospective themselves every two weeks or the managers? So why do we push that down to the, the teams as if they were the only people there that don't have any social skills at all? Because all the people above, they say, well, you know what, we should push the teams to do a retrospective every two weeks because apparently they don't know how to speak to each other. And as if no one else in the company had that problem, right? So this, this is just one uh, thing. But when you think about that, when you remove the trust from equation, I think that we tend to address problems as they come along. And that's why I said that retrospective for me is an artificial mechanism that can be a valuable mechanism and tool in certain occasions. But when you have that cadence, when a team is built that, that good relationship, you address as you go along the same way that you could remove the, the iteration boundaries, let's say, or the training wheels, as I call them, and go to a more continuous flow. The another problem that I have with retrospectives are the form. The, there are two things. The format, I find them boring as hell. Every time that I go to a retro and people say like, okay, now we're going to say what's working well for us, what is not working so well, what we should keep or not keep, all the, the kind of different forms. I want to go home. I said, I don't want to be here, right? Because like we feel that we have problems to discuss. At the end, of, for me, what I would find far more valuable in a team that is more uh, cohesive. I say, look, we have a bunch of things that we know that is not going well. Why don't we vote and see what is more important for us to discuss and use those two hours to focus on this problem that we need to vote. So that some preparation could be done up front and we go to the meeting with a problem to solve. And, and sorry, just, just to finish this, this thought, I know that I'm taking a lot of time, but I was also thinking why we don't follow up in actions after the retrospective. And, and for me, one of the reasons is because there are actions to problems that we don't care that much. Because if yeah. there were actions to problems that we really cared about, we would certainly follow them up. And that ties back to what I was saying before. I, you know, I would totally agree. In fact, I was, that was, <laughs> I was gonna say that as well, is that the problem with, you know, amongst others with a retrospective is that you you almost um, discuss too many things at once. What's going well? What's not going well? There's going to be a few tickets in both of those or whatever other format that you choose. You are then going to prioritize in there. You're then going to pick one thing or two things. You're going to discuss them. Uh, and, th and then even that time may not be enough to discuss those things because they might be very complex. And having one thing going into a meeting, so calling the retrospective on something, right? You prioritize beforehand and you go in with one single thing to discuss and when it's discussed and the actions are clear or an action is clear, you know, you come out of the meeting. If it's going to last, you know, 10 minutes or half an hour or two hours, right? You kind of time box it to the maximum, but you kind of, once you're done, you're done, you come out. So you're not stuck in there as well. And and so what, and also because you are focused, you, you kind of go in with that mental mindset of what could be the proposals? That's another thing, right? Is that a meeting, meetings are not great for coming up with solutions. They are good for discussing solutions, discussing proposals, uh, or, but they're not good for coming up with solutions. You know, you have to kind of have this bit of like reflection and thinking on your own or with a pair of people where you are trying out certain ideas to come up with a better idea. But if there are, you know, six, seven people, eight people sitting in a team, two or three may be talking a lot and the others would, would just take a bad seat and start daydreaming. And because they, you know, they haven't, or they might even have a lot of good things to say, but the conversation has moved into a different direction and they don't care about it anymore, you know? So that I think is, is a good suggestion is that, you know, you make the retrospective very focused on a particular thing that you're trying to improve. 
And then you can actually, you don't even need the cadence. You can say, well, you can have a cadence, but you can actually call a retrospective earlier as well. If some things need to, you think. And, and in that early. case, it, it would probably be better just to have a backlog of the topics and prioritize the topics as they come along. So that way you also, you know, if something comes up, you just put it in the backlog. And, you know, if it's important, it will get discussed. If not, it, you know, right. Yeah. Um, there, there is another aspect which Sandra was uh, discussing before saying that, you know, we, because of the cadence, we tend to focus on things that as they come up, no? And this is this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning that certain teams, especially where, where they don't have like events that you know critical events that they have to respond to. Oh, this thing happened, and now we you know it becomes a topic of you know the retrospective, whatever, right? Like if you're if you're doing a good enough job, right? Like the idea of the retrospective is to to have that continuous improvement, right? And I see very few teams. Um, that actually are able to break that um, good enough uh, kind of barrier, right? And focus on going beyond that because they don't have a problem, right? Because when you're talking about, uh, you know, how we screwed up the release, that's very different than how do we do, how do we release in half the time? That's a different, you know, way of, of thinking of it, right? It's not like there's something that I'm trying to fix because it's not, it's inherently wrong, right? It's more of a, how do I, act, you know, move forward? It can be better, right? Like, how will we do it? Yeah, if we wanted to accomplish that, and that mindset is, I think, lacking as well, right? Like, it's it's taken as a a you know reactive tool more than it is a proactive tool to improving uh, the the process. But, but the retrospective is not going to fix that either, right? So if the team doesn't have that forward thinking and, and say, like, you know what, I think we could be working better. We could reduce this waste. Or So if each individual, or at least the majority of the individuals of the team, don't have that mindset of always looking for improvement, the retrospective is not where that's going to come up. Because they, then they, they need to go to a meeting. They just finished another meeting, and now they are two minutes late for the, the retrospective and now they need to say hey what could we improve and they need to say oh my god i don't know um maybe the unit test that i wrote uh, yesterday could be improved as if that mattered at all in the great scheme of things right but i i think it's almost a inevitable isn't it that longer the team is together the more of a singular or, or a hive mind that they have, right? The more they think that what they're doing is okay, right? And even, so, even if it's not, no, it becomes even if the it's standard even if it becomes or the norm. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, it becomes yeah. the norm. And so how do you counter that? You know, how do you, like I said, you know, people get stuck at a particular level and it could be, one of the reasons could be that it's just, uh the team has kind of equalized in terms of their mindset. They've been with each other for so long that there is no more new thinking coming in. It's like, you know, all the, the diversity is kind of gone out of that, right? Or diversity of thought. And so how do you bring in new thought into the team? How do you kind of put a, uh, kind of look at the team or allow the team to look from a different perspective? So uh, I was thinking uh, while you were, speaking remember uh back in the day where we had uh, even before codurance we had a community of practice at ubs and we had uh, a backlog and people could uh post their topics that they wanted to discuss and they mm -hmm. would vote on them yeah. right so if we, and then we, we we always made sure that uh every community of practice the vast majority of people voted on that topic at least more than 50 percent would enjoy that, that, that practice. So if you take the same example, for example, if you had a mechanism, I'm just thinking out loud here. So if there was a constant uh, reminder of people to add topics to be discussed in a retro, right? So then, so then they, they, they have time to think throughout this, let's assume that we are using a sprint or two week that is quite common for, for us and most people as well. Uh, then at some point there is a cutoff point, right? Let's say like two days or one day before the retro, they say, okay, so now use your three 
vote or whatever to vote in whichever topic. And then the retro becomes focused. So they have time to think about things that they want to discuss in a safe space because they can just put their uh, post-its in whatever board or whatever. Uh, and they vote. And so when they go there, it would help for people to bring proposals and not just say, hey, the way we work is shit. Like, but they could say, look, I've, I think that we have those inefficiencies in here. And by the way, here are a few ideas uh, for us to remove those inefficiencies. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah. a bit more planning, but not too formal. Not just planning, planning but actually kind of trying to come up with solutions. You can even yeah. have like almost like a, a rule that, you know, if you're going to come up with a problem, also come up with a few solutions that you think might yeah, exactly. help. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, you can come up and say, oh, you've done a lot of thinking, but you can't come up with a solution or get other people involved even before the retro. Right. Because then if the majority of people voted on a topic and so then the, the retro becomes very focused on that topic. And as you said, Mesh, a precondition is like uh, I have at least a few ideas. It doesn't need to be because not, not everyone is able to identify a problem and also come up with a solution. They might not have the expertise or even the power uh, to do that, but they might have at least some ideas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in, to trigger a conversation. Yeah. And if that is yeah. shared up front. Yeah, there, there is also value in triggering the conversation because sure. even if you're not, you know, finding a, a solution, that reflection is, is part of what you're aiming for, uh, what you're aiming for, no? And mm -hmm. uh, people people lose sight of that, no? When you're learning in a group, uh, there is also this part about sense-making, no? About you know, understanding what happened. So having that common share vision of what happened and then making sense of what happened because what could be great for, for one person could definitely be, you know, terrible for another, right? And when you put those things together, then you realize, oh, it, things are not working that well or you're not, no, like the, the, there is this mismatch, no, Be between what I thought or what I saw, no? Uh, and there is also this incomplete information aspect no like i i only see my part of you know the elephant right like they, people usually describe describe it as an elephant no? like the the blind people touching the yeah. the leg of the elephant or the the trunk and so on so it, it is part of that there is value in putting all of that info together and and having that reflection and and thought no um to then you know do whatever you want to do with that no but uh there is yeah. a value in it, yeah. The, there is another problem with, I think, if you think about retrospective as a, a kind of a, a mechanism to improve, the, there is a problem that teams face, which is to improve towards what? The goals of a team are usually very um, fuzzy, right? What is the team trying to achieve? Especially, like the the goal may be that you know we wanna, uh, you know this feature or feature set or this release needs to go out, right? Yeah, you know that is from a business or sprint goal that kind of stuff. You know they talk about that. But how do you, well, in terms of ways of working, right? If there is no goal, and if you're not measuring your progress, let's say towards that goal. You don't know what to course correct. So you like, you know, course correct kind of implies that you are heading somewhere. Where are you heading? And and the other thing the course correct implies that you know where you are. Well, how do you know where you are? Right? So so in order to to be able to then change direction, you need to know where you are and where you are heading so that you can point back to us that way. And I what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, we don't really measure uh, what what the things that actually point us towards that goal. You know, like, I don't know, whatever they may be, you know, you, you can talk about release uh, uh, cadence, you can talk about number of defects, you can talk about the waste in or queues building up. You know, there are many different metrics that you can start uh, measuring which allow you to see where you are, but also in, in the language of those metrics on where you need to be. 
And that often is lacking and it's often not very prevalent in retrospectives when we, we talk about improvement. This, 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 again, goes back to the point I was trying to make before as in, you know, are you trying to solve a problem, no? Or are you focusing on, you know, that improvement aspect, no? And it's, I completely agree with it. It's, it's not only a matter of getting that direction and then how you're progressing towards that direction, but it's also a matter of evaluating when you try things out, whether they're working on or not, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And and this is also for me an important aspect because even there is if there is follow through, yeah, a lot of the times is not very clear that it was an improvement or not, or at least you you may feel that there was an improvement, but not really have any kind of evidence to to support that. You you may be even worse off <laughs> no, than before but everyone feels like they're better, yeah, they're <laughs> like they're better yeah. right so <laughs> then it's like is it good or is it bad <laughs> no, yeah. it, so so there is this lack of objective uh feedback no on on the performance or, or the uh, the evaluation of the improvements themselves no that is also yeah. lacking in there yeah definitely yeah, I was just thinking about those um, metrics and stuff, and I was just trying to map to some of our projects as well. I think that, that there are certain things that are easy to measure, but, but I would not discard completely the more uh, qualitative aspect to it, because the, the feeling, for example, that, that feeling, you know, like, for example, you are in a project where everyone involved in the project feels good about what's being done. I, I, we should not discard that completely to, and replace that just with pure metrics because I, I think that just being quantitative, because like what, what was that, that, that saying that uh, the behavior will be the, the, the outcome of what you measure? There was something along those lines, doesn't it? Like, uh, so what was the, the saying? Yeah, you tell uh, me what you're gonna measure and I'll tell you how I will behave. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, 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 depending on which metrics we use, and, and I don't think we can, we will need to have a very, a huge amount of metrics in order to cater for every single aspect of a project. And, and the more metrics we put together, the less relevant each one individually is, right? Mm -hmm. so, so this is where the, the balance is to me. If we have no metrics, we are nowhere. If you have too many metrics, individually they mean nothing. Yeah. Then then you are lost. Then they lose importance. Exactly. Ten of them are good, five are not so good, and six is in the middle. What does it even mean, right? Yeah. When you look. So so then um, so we need to have a few metrics. But I think that the the the, the more humane aspect is still important because as long as the clients are happy, everyone involved feels that you know what. We have adversities and stuff, but we are moving forward. We feel that we are working well together and everyone is happy with the progress. I think that there is value in, in, in achieving that. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, there is for sure. I, I think there is, you know, a, a team is a, a living environment and the people in there need to flourish in many ways. Uh, one thing I would add, though, is that, you know, the purpose needs to be clear for that team because if the purpose for that team is to be happy doing what they want to do but there is no real direction towards what needs to be achieved the team can be still be quite happy uh, but you know the business is not going to happen and that is an artificial environment right then at some point that environment is going to collapse because you know it's not really playing in harmony with everything else so I think that's for sure, it's it's very important for the team to be happy and you need to start kind of looking at how that would be, but also making sure that the the purpose uh, of of that team is clear and and the happiness is in sync with that purpose. You know? I mean, just just, to, to, just uh, to be clear, like I would be, I was also, uh, in, uh, involving the stakeholders into that team. Sense. So everyone involved with the project, including the sponsors and stakeholders, mm -hmm. being satisfied 
with the progress that the team is making. So mm -hmm. I was I was not excluding them. So yeah, because but otherwise I, you have the imbalance that you mentioned for sure. Yeah, and I think there therein is you know that's a the ultimate thing, right? It's it's at the end of the day, it's a whole system. It needs to work well with each other. You know the happiness of the the individuals in the team and outside is a variable within it right so but that that is difficult to achieve but that is what you're ultimately trying to get to i have something else but jose wants to say something i'll take notes and... <laughs> no no i i i agree you just need to be very careful with um complacency right and again going back to to the point i was trying to make before is you know if if people are happy doesn't necessarily mean you know that they're doing things right or that they cannot improve or that you know th that is important and, and people do their best work when they are engaged and when they're you know when they're happy no uh but uh as you said no it needs to be aligned uh to um, to the organization and to the, the context where they are uh, working in no and you can find that it's easy to go into complacency mode, right? We're human and we like being comfortable, <laughs> right? Yeah. And stretching every time is is difficult. It's a it's a muscle that needs to be built. That that constant learning and you no, know? um, and that is something that you know it's it takes effort and it takes time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I was uh, I was going to mention here is around the metrics and you know the whether you know objective or not and so on right like as you were saying about you know happiness or having you know we, we use office 5 no and i i personally find office 5 very helpful what i find helpful is not exactly the score is the tendency in the score because when you do things like surveys and so on what you're actually measuring is how people feel about the topic at a certain point in time and how that feeling is evolving over time right and that is the the thing that i care about no that's that's the thing is it going up is it you know is it dipping is it, it independently of you know how, by how much right because you know every team is different and you know a 10 or a 9 or whatever is going to be different for for everyone but there is value in in having that you can still treat it a bit objectively if you know what i mean right like it, it will tell you how things are evolving without actually being you know a, 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 a specific a quantity of the variable that you're trying to you know represent there does does that make sense like i mean no no it, it does uh, there are a few things that i would like to to, to add as well that is back to the retrospective but also addressing what Mesh was saying, that uh, maybe like the team is also too isolated from this, the business as well, because like a lot of retrospectives, they happen within the team, but not with their real stakeholders. So then, for example, then, then there's the complacency as, you, as well as, as you were saying, Jose, that the team might be in their own bubble, right? And, but not really getting the feel of, whoever is sponsoring that project or paying for that project, how they are doing. Because at the end of the day, like, uh, of course, that we all want to be happy at work and then have a, a very healthy team, but we're not paid to be happy, right? That, that's the truth. We are paid to do a job and, and we, we should not lose sight of that. It, it's better when we are paid to do a job and we are happy doing that job, that that's the ideal scenario. But like, in the retros, it would be good, for example, as we do demos, but it, we could not always we have all the demos, uh, all the people involved in the demos as well. So it would be good also to regularly get feedback from the sponsors, from the, the, the main stakeholders in how they feel about the progress of the team and then have a retro according to their feelings. Because like we can be very happy and patting ourselves on the back and say, hey, I think we're doing it great as a team. And the business is planning to can, can the project because it's becoming too expensive and we're going getting nowhere, right? So, so that disconnect needs to be addressed. And and if we had more regular feedback from that kind of people, we could use them in our retrospectives to address a much bigger problem. Mm -hmm. I think um, just to uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. By the way, about the kind of involving more than just the core 
team involving stakeholders and everybody else in in the retrospective and kind of all almost coming up and all you know if you go back to the idea of having these focused meetings where you're discussing one particular thing then you don't have to ask everyone to come in because you know the team's there and there might be some other stakeholders that are relevant for that particular thing and you ask them to come in to discuss that thing right so that also allows you makes it a, a bit easier just want to address the uh, you, you said like you know happiness and kind of almost like professionalism which is completely another talk right we paid to do a job and which is right but the thing is that we are in a the work that we do is to some level kind of creative or explorative um, and it in in certain ways if you are not really happy in the job it becomes quite unsustainable to do a good job right even if you want to do a good job because there is like if you are aligned and you are happy doing what you are doing you will you will do a better job than if your own mind is fighting with you while you're doing that job right so so i think happiness is an integral part of doing a good job uh, so you know some people if you can let's say a person who is unhappy but we say well compartmentalize that because this needs to happen i think that can get quite unsustainable very quickly for individuals and for the team as well so so that's the the two are kind of almost go together in my view they they do uh but there are there are a few things in here to unpack the 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 state of happiness of an individual can be uh influenced by a huge degree of things right can be the work itself can be a team member can be the manager can be the type of work can be a situation at home right so again the retro is not going to address that not to that no. individual not at an individual level so we will need to to have different types of mechanisms at all levels to make sure that people are okay given the problem that they have some problems that they might have can be resolved between two people right so between so th this is another thing that i had like uh, as you were speaking like on my notes of problems that i have with retro that there are different spheres of escalation or or action points i don't know exactly how to define that but if i have a problem with one person it's not a retro that's going to solve that right it's just me and that person having a chat or even having someone to facilitate that conversation if it reached the point where it became very difficult uh there are pro problems like for example that the person has with the company not with the project not with the team or they need they have some personal issues that there's the team cannot resolve that sometimes not even the company right so that is one aspect of the happiness is understanding individually like what each individual needs and we need a completely different mechanism for that but there is another uh, uh, flipping that around you need to be happy to do a good job, but doing a good job should make you happy. But mm -hmm. right? that's, that's the other way around. So striving to do a good job, striving to do your job better and keep improving should also give you pleasure because if it's not doing that, then you might be in the wrong profession. Okay, uh, the, sorry. sorry. Go, go, on, go for it. No, no, go for it, go for it because no, I was gonna link they, this to another see, topic. I, I, I personally think that that is actually innate in every human being. So if you, doing a job well for his sake is actually built into us. And often when we are not happy is because other things have got in the way that we don't have, you know, like people talk about flow and a lot of things. And I did a talk on it a long time ago, which is that it's, it is actually innate that we want to do a good job. When we are unable to do a good job in whichever way it may be some personal skills related thing it could be process could be people it could be yourself but when you're unable to do a good job it's actually that is the source of unhappiness and so it so it, it's it's not that i don't want to do a good job 
in most cases people want to do good and in fact because you can't do a good job can lead to unprofessional behavior because you're not finding you you're not finding your happiness in there you're not able at some level to do that you you move on to something else and you you know even you don't even want to go there you know you don't even want to do it and you you're kind of you know watching the clock or you're avoiding certain things that need to be done because you know it it presents certain blockers in the way that is not allowing you to go, to do a good job i Sorry, i i know i i understand your point right and to certain extent i can't even share it um but i i feel like um happiness is a very uh, personal thing you know and what we derive happiness from is also a very you know personal thing um and it, for me it has to do with values yeah and this is where uh, i think the culture of the organization and the culture of the team and and this kind of stuff really uh, affects no um if just to to give an example now we, we just talked about you know mastery autonomy and the you know purpose this kind of thing as you know drivers for that motivation no uh but there are also extrinsic motivators right so if you're doing things because you want to earn more money or because you want to have more power or uh, then independently of whether you're doing a good job to everyone else you may not be driving pleasure from you know or or happiness no uh from doing sure. the work right so i feel like there is an a cultural aspect to it that is is foundational no it's like it's it's there it's like the operating system no no and and nobody's talking about it we just bring it to work because of our experiences and what we learn and so on right um and that uh, that plays a, a big part on on that right and it also plays a big part on how effective this kind of stuff is like the retrospectives or the because if you know if you have uh no at the beginning we were talking about people going there and venting no and and just becoming uh, either the the complain uh, space <laughs> that is a safe space to just come and complain and you know are you are you feeling good now? Yeah. Okay. So now go back to exactly. No, you let yeah, it while the everyone is feeling shit. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no? uh, or or blaming. No, that's another aspect. I think it's is very much behavioral, you know, cultural. No? And it, it is something very easy to uh, to fall into, right? As yeah. as humans, now it's like you know, if if there is weakness, and you know, as a social, like people will tend to, oh, like uh focus on that no uh, we are we are pack animals so to speak no um uh, the same you know we're, we're blaming or with feedback no before we were talking about uh, it's, it's it's a learning process and so on but having that um that culture where people are asking for feedback or they are you know looking for that uh, feedback, even if it's not someone telling you, right? Even if it's looking at metrics, or even if it's you know how how are we performing? How are we like that? Looking for it instead of you know having someone tell you, right? Or or teaching people to to give better feedback, you no? Know? Instead of teaching people to ask for feedback, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel all of those things play a big role in making sure that these things are effective right because if that foundational aspect is there you can have the worst facilitation in the world no and and still get pretty good results from it no and and still uh, derive some sort of value of of that stuff right and, and i think that's a point that a lot of people miss right like they they focus a lot on the process right we go and we do you know and now we're gonna set up the thing and then we're gonna explore and you know do the brainstorming and then we're gonna discuss and then we're gonna uh, select <laughs> and then we're gonna choose you know like there's this whole structure to how you're supposed to run the meeting yeah but the underlying stuff that you need in order to make it work is not there yeah right no, and this is, this is a big this is a big uh, part of that i think yeah 
So we, we are reaching like uh, almost like an hour. So maybe it's time to start wrapping up. I guess so, we, we have like sure. a few things that uh, uh, we, we mentioned. Yeah. I think we have a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, for example, there was one thing that uh, you mentioned, Mesh, that we could take to, to another uh, episode is, for example, that everyone wants to do a good job, right? So uh -huh. you, you mentioned that, right? So that everyone yeah. normally is trying to do their best. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that other people might not agree on what a good job might be. So you want to do a good job and no one else agrees that that's a good job, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so how do you even reconcile that? So, so a lot of people get frustrated because their notion of good job is not, uh, how can I say, uh, accepted or, or like recognized by other no. people. Tell that to the guy who did my kitchen. <laughs> he thought he did a brilliant job, and I saw problems everywhere. <laughs> and, you, and you, as the paying customer, said, no, that's not what I wanted, right? So that was a shit job. Yeah, and yeah. So, so, so there are quite a few other things that you also mentioned just now, Jose, but I think, uh, so in the topic of uh, uh, retrospective, is there any, any final uh, considerations or anything? Uh, there's, there's one more thing that I would like to say, which is, you need to be careful that it doesn't become retrospective doesn't become a source of a, a unsatisfaction or, or complete insatisfaction, right? Like there needs to be this balance, right? Uh, there's always room for improvement, but if, you, if you're always focusing on the things that are not working, right? Uh, then you know that's that's all you're going to see, right? And then it's really easy to just go into this, you know, this vicious circle, no, and, or or despair, no, and and oh, we're not good enough, or we're not right, and and really stop caring about it because it just generates suffering or or pain, so to speak, no. Uh, and that's also an, an important aspect, you know, is the the double edged sword of continuous improvement is there will always be <laughs> continuous improvement, no. And you need to be okay with with that, and and also look back and and see how far you traveled. No? I think it's a really important point. I mean, Sandro and I sometimes talk about like we are not really good at celebrating, and I don't know if it's the British culture or whatever else, but. And you know the what went well, and I know we, we kind of dissed the the format a bit, but there is an element of looking at the things that we should keep doing. But it's not just about positive enforcement on those things. It's about celebrating. It's about knowing that there are certain jobs or certain aspects that we did well, and it's taking taking stock and and gain, it, taking some positive aspects from that, right? or positive energy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, no, you are right. We are not very good at celebrating, uh, to, to, to be fair. Uh, and I, I see the value of that. I'm not sure if I want to do that every two weeks, though. Celebrations are going to get worse and worse to the point where they go, <laughs> yay. So, but, but I think that for me, what, what was interesting in this uh, conversation, I was actually finally able to verbalize why I don't like uh, retrospectives and I think that for me was the lack of focus is just like always doing the same even when we vary the format but they tend to still be the same and there's not like I, I never leave a retrospective with a sense that we were addressing our most pressing problem and I also uh, given the kind of teams that we have and I see that we have different types of relationship as well in certain teams uh, and certain types of relationship I have with those teams, we benefit from a more, from a cadence and a more structured format for us to debate things because it helps us to gradually build trust while others where, for example, the three of us and the rest of our management team, for example, we end up addressing problems as they come. We, we not always I feel the need to, to go to every two weeks. We also don't, sometimes don't have the, the luxury of waiting exactly. to address yeah. them, you know? Yeah. It's like, it comes up, it needs to be handled now, so. That, that is yeah. true, but, but I think that there is an element of that. I think that like a, a, a healthy team doesn't need artificial uh, and repetitive tasks to address problems. They, 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 they reach a level of maturity where 
they reach that, that point where they address as it comes and they have that continuous flow, not only to deliver things, but also to address issues, right? So I think that that's probably how I feel. I I guess this is a good uh, a note to end with because at the beginning you asked Mash, what is a you know what does it mean to have a good retrospective or or that a good or that a retrospective works well no mm -hmm. and for me I guess it would be that learning aspect now that you're actually able to improve on whatever it is that you're retrospecting on right and for that to happen there's lots of things that that, that need to be there you know we've discussed a lot of them uh but if the end outcome you know, is that the team is not getting better or is not you know dealing with the with the topics or the issues that they need to be dealing with in order to do their best or to perform at their best then it's not working that's what i would uh that's what i would say yeah yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's a good way way to conclude it, isn't it? Is yeah. that you know you're uh, going back to that course correction, that you know where you are correcting that course to, and you are you've nudged yourself in the towards that direction so that you are better, you know, so you're better equipped to achieve your goals, right? Yeah. Right. And and Jose, just before we finish, I would like just to remind people that might be watching us, like for some, if they like this conversation, they could just subscribe to the Cojurance channel, right? Put the thumbs up in there, but also like add in the comments uh, if there is any topic that you'd like us to debate. Basically, like we want to do this more informal chat, pick a topic as we normally do after working hours, once a week or two, twice a week, and just have a chat. So if you have a topic that you want us to cover, let us know in the comments or something. Yeah. So you heard Sandra, like, subscribe, <laughs> you know, leave comments and uh, well, see you in the next session or next episode. Thank you for listening. All right. Cheers.